Welcome back to the CBJ Show. Today's episode, we'll be doing lots of discussions with mainly NBA offseason news, NFL playoff picture starting to shape up, Patriots Texan preview, and predictions at the end. Starting off with the NBA, the NBA draft happened on Wednesday, and teams made a lot of good selections, some trades on draft night, we'll get to that later. But looking at the lottery, uh, the Timberwolves took Anthony Edwards, number one, uh, shooting guard out of Georgia. James Wiseman, center to the Warriors out of Memphis. Lamelo Ball, he's been in a family of basketball um, since he was a little kid with Lonzo Ball, LiAngelo Ball, and his father, LeVar Ball. They've been very popular. He's out of Chino Hills High School, and he played in the NBL, NBL Australian League. Patrick Williams, the Bulls took a reach here at number four. He's out of Florida State, small forward. Isaac Okoro uh, was drafted fifth overall to the Cavs out of Auburn. Onyeka Okongwu uh, drafted to the Hawks out of USC, who is a center. Killian Hayes to the Pistons point guard. He was He's from France, but he did play a bit in the German League last season. Obi Toppin, power forward. He is headed off to New York to play for the Knicks out of Dayton. He played very well last year, and a lot of people thought he was the best player in college basketball. Uh, Denny Abdiha. Small forward um, out of um, Israel. He played for the Maccabi Tel Aviv club. He's going to the Wizards. Uh, Jalen Smith, power forward. Um, he got drafted to Phoenix, and he is out of Maryland. Devin Vassell out of Florida State, shooting guard, headed to San Antonio. Uh, the Kings get another point guard, Tyrese Halliburton out of Iowa State. Kira Lewis Jr., another point guard, heading to uh, the Pelicans. Uh, alongside Lonzo Ball, and the team did make a few trades to get point guards. We'll get to that later. Uh, he's out of Alabama. And lastly, the Boston Celtics, they took Aaron Neesmith, small forward, out of Vanderbilt. So I uh, want to know everyone's thoughts on where the top three prospects uh, ended up. I'm going to start with Cam. What are your thoughts on Anthony Edwards heading to Minnesota? I mean, I think Anthony Edwards is a pick, big pick for them. You know, we saw pretty much up until draft day that Lamella Ball was a projected number one and then it changed like a few hours before the draft at Anthony Edwards. Um, I think this is a great great pick for them. You know, he's a he's a shooting guard out of Georgia and I think he'll be able to impact impact that team there in Minnesota. He's a, he's a good shooter and should should be a good pick for them down for the Timberwolves. Yeah, I would say that that's a good pick for them as well. Um, I Going into it, I think a lot of people thought LaMelo Ball was going number one, but Minnesota and Golden State, they didn't necessarily need a point guard, and we see Melo Ball drop down to three. Um, but I think it's the right decision for both Minnesota and Golden State. As Golden State doesn't have a center. Uh, they've just lost their key pieces in the past couple of years, and then I think Anthony Edwards will help Minnesota going forward as they'll just uh, – he'll just be great. And I love uh, seeing uh, the Israelis come play in the U.S. Uh, later uh, we'll talk about the Celtics draft picks, but uh, the Celtics draft in Israeli. But uh, I think uh, I, li- I like the Israelis. And uh, Aaron Naismith, the pick for the Celtics, uh, I think he'll be a good help, and we'll see what he can come. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts on the Celtics' picks and uh, 
were they the right decisions? Uh, could they have done anything better? Yeah, uh, I actually think they did a good job. You said Aaron Neesmith. I think he's very underrated. Celtics might have got one of the bigger steals of the draft. Uh, he's um, a great shooter. He shot 52% from three last year in college. I think I haven't seen the stats on that, um, at least ranked, but he's definitely in the top five, no doubt about it. That is above NBA elite level of three-point shooting, so the Celtics will love to have that next year. Uh, they got, uh, I believe his name is Peyton Pritchard. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing his name. He was, I believe, the 26th pick in the draft. Um, I think he's out of Oregon, point guard. I think he's going to be a good fit um, with uh, Celtics bench. I don't see him getting playing time this year. Celtics did let go of Brad Wanamaker, um, but I think they're going to bring in Carson Edwards to start at the backup point guard spot this year. But uh, expect the Celtics draft picks to make some impact in the next few years. Yeah, for sure. You know, we saw some Celtics fans they wanted wanted Cole Anthony, but I think that Neesmith was definitely the right pick there. You know, we saw the Celtics needed a strong shooter, and Neesmith will be that guy. Hopefully, you know, he did great at Vanderbilt, one of the leading shooters for the team there. And yeah, I think the pa- the Celtics made the made a good pick there, not the Patriots. My bad, wrong wrong team there. But yeah, we saw you know with. Hayward opting out of his contract. You know, Neesmith will be a good replacement, a good shooter for him, for the Celtics there. And yeah, I definitely think they made the right pick. All right, now we're going to move on to some of the trades that have happened or some rumors. First off is probably the biggest rumor going around the NBA, and it is surrounding the Houston Rockets. Their top two players, James Harden and Russell Westbrook, want out of Houston. James Harden has said that he wants to go to Brooklyn. Want to know your guys' thoughts on if you think James Harden will eventually get traded or um, if the Nets get him, are they winning the finals? And if not, what's going to go on with James Harden? Is he going to get mad or something? I don't really know. Start with Brandon on this one. I would say that this is just crazy because James Harden was uh, declining in a contract that would make him $15 $15 million, one of the most paid in the NBA. But politics have come into play with the coach. Uh, he's a Trump supporter, and Harden just doesn't want to be there. So uh, it's just surprising to see a big player declining that huge contract. And But I think uh, he'll make an impact in Brooklyn if he uh, joins uh, Kyrie and Kevin Durant, the big three in Brooklyn. He's definitely a winning team. I wouldn't say they're necessarily a championship team with those three, but they're going to make a deep run. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you guys. I do not think that he will end up staying in Houston. Um, you know, we saw him opt out. Didn't, he didn't want that huge $50 million contract, which I think definitely means that he wants out. And I definitely think the favorite where he's going to will be Brooklyn. But they have, you know, we saw they had Kyrie and Kevin Durant, but I, I think they're a playoff team, but I don't think they're a championship team. I don't think that Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and Harden would all be able to coexist in the same team. You know, they're all powerful players. They're all big players, all used to being like one of the top players on the team. And I just don't think that all three of those guys will be able to coexist together and create create a good unity together. I think they might be able to, but I just don't think it's gonna be it's gonna be hard for them to be able to play together and since they're all dominant players and they're used to being number one with their team. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Kevin Durant and James Harden are 
in my opinion, the top two scorers of this generation. They've had some um, stats between like 28 and 34 points uh, most seasons. And with Kyrie Irving in there, I'm not saying that he's bad, but from what I've seen of him in his career, he's not really a team player. He's more of an eye player. And that's not really how you want to play. And I feel like Kyrie Irving's going to demand the ball a bit more than James Harden and Kevin Durant um, when Harden and Durant should be getting the ball. But um, I'm hoping that that team can maybe um, put it together. That would be a really entertaining team to watch and win the finals. But James Harden going to Brooklyn, that would be a massive W for um, Brooklyn and Steve Nash as the coach. So I think that they're making a championship run. I think NBA Finals, they might lose to the Lakers, but that team would have a bright future for sure. And uh, moving on, uh, a big trade happened earlier this week. Uh, the Thunder traded their all-star point guard, future Hall of Fame point guard, Chris Paul, to uh, the Phoenix Suns. Adil Nader was also um, traded to the Suns. The Thunder got back Kelly Oubre, who was actually later traded to the Warriors for a first-round pick, Ricky Rubio, who was traded to the Timberwolves for their 17th pick in this year's draft, and a future second-round pick, Ty Jerome, um, Jalen Leck, and a 2022 first-round pick. So um, did uh, the Suns – do you think the Suns are going to make the playoffs this year with the addition of Chris Paul alongside Devin Booker, who – played amazing in the bubble. That team went 8-0 and in the Orlando bubble before getting sent home. And uh, they also have DeAndre in a young center. Cam, what are your thoughts on Chris Paul heading to Phoenix? Yeah, I think that's a good pickup for the Suns there. And I think they do have a good chance of making the playoffs this year. You know, we saw them in the bubble. They went 8-0. and We were all surprised that they didn't actually end up making the tournament. You know, Devin Booker played very well there. And if he can continue to be playing that well, the Suns will definitely make the playoffs. And, yes, I definitely think they could be a contender there. You know, it's going to be tough in the West there. But without without, without the big names there, you know, saw if Houston there, if he's not in the West anymore, it might be, might be tough for them to be playoff contenders. But, yeah, with this trade, this really will help the Phoenix, Phoenix Suns. And they definitely could be playoff contenders and even – even fought, go far in the playoffs if they get a good chance the way they played in the bubble this year. I'd have to agree with that, Cam. Uh, we we saw, as Cam mentioned, the Suns went eight and on the bubble, and that shocked probably a lot of people. And adding Chris Paul is just gonna help Devin Booker and the Suns. And I think the Phoenix this Phoenix Suns team is 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 a team that rebuilding and I think they're uh, almost at the pace that they're going to make the playoffs soon and I think they can just do it. Uh, we have uh, another trade, the Los Angeles Lakers and the Oklahoma Thunder. The Lakers uh, have received Dennis Schroeder and the Thunder have received Danny Green in the 20th pick in the 2020 draft. Uh, I'm going to start with Cam, your thoughts on this um, who wins? Who wins this trade? And like, was it smart to uh, trade Schroeder uh, to the, the Thunder? Um, you know, Schroeder is a great player, but I mean, I think some of this trade ends up coming down to like salary cap and wanting to dump some salary there. You know, Thunder get Danny Green, and that will that'll help them a lot there. 
that oh, he's a he's a good shooter and a good player. But you no, know, Dennis Schroeder, he's a great defensive player, and I think he'll be great for the Lakers. You know, he will be competing for playing time there with LeBron and Davis and a bunch of other studs there. But yeah, I think it's a good trade, and I think it just comes down to salary cap and Thunder possibly not wanting to play pay shooter as much as he wants to get paid. Yeah, I think personally the Lakers did win that trade back in series coming from um, with about the salary cap dump. Uh, I'm also hearing Danny Green is getting um, immediately flipped from OKC to Philadelphia possibly in a trade with Al Horford. But um, Al Horford would be also be a good addition to that Thunder team. And um, looking at the Lakers, Dennis Schroeder, he was a candidate for six men of the year. Last year, he was at close to 20 points per game behind Chris Paul. So I think the Lakers took a massive win on this one. Uh, they finally get the point guard that LeBron needs. LeBron does not need to play point guard anymore. So looking at a lineup with LeBron, AD, Dennis Schroeder, and they also signed uh, another great big man that we'll talk about in our free agency topic. And yeah, I think... Um, the Lakers did win the trade, but the Thunder did um, did take a win with dumping the salary cap. But Al Horford bringing on that contract, maybe not so good. But I think the overall, the Lakers did find their um, franchise point guard with LeBron and Anthony Davis. Uh, next up, moving on to uh, the final trade that we'll be discussing, it was between the Bucks and the Pelicans. There were a lot of trades um, with the players that got traded in this deal to other teams. So in this trade, um, the Bucks got Drew Holiday in the 60th pick in the 2020 draft, which is Sam Morrell, and the Pelicans got Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, who got traded to OKC in a huge deal that sent Steven Adams, um, one of the better centers in the league, to New Orleans, the 24th pick in the 2020 draft, which was RJ Hampton, 2024 first round pick swap, 2025 first round pick, 2026 first round pick swap, and a 2027 first round pick. So, wonder who uh, wins the trade? Does Drew Holiday change uh, the decision of Giannis in 2021 free agency, whether he signs a super max extension before December with Milwaukee or not? Did Milwaukee overpay? And what are the better impressions of Eric Bledsoe? Uh, what does that presence bring to a young and talented Pelicans team? Start with Brandon here. Yeah, I think this is first off, this is a massive trade. Um, just want to get that out. And we're seeing so many players just this week bouncing around to so many different teams. And um, I think we'll have more to come as our next couple episodes will include this. But this is just uh, my first reaction is just kind of wow because, like, uh, there's a lot to process with all these players going to different teams, multiple teams involved, multiple picks involved. And I, I first would just say that Pelicans receiving Steven Adams is going to be huge for them. They already have um, Zion Williamson, who is tall, but having that uh, uh, big play, Steven Adams, I think that'll help them. And I wonder if that reduces Zion's uh, playing time next year but it's just I think big for them because they needed someone good and they didn't have the pieces when Anthony Davis went to the Lakers so that was their missing piece and um, I think uh, one of their missing pieces was a, a good center like Steven Adams 
uh, and you can put Zion Williamson at the power forward. Uh, the Bucks getting Drew Holiday, I think, may have a small impact on Giannis, but Giannis is such a great player that it's not going to really impact as much. But I think this is just uh, surprising to, for them to uh, take Drew Holiday as they're looking for um, maybe another option for Giannis. And maybe we see Giannis leave in a few years. So, Cam, your thoughts? Yeah, I know Drew Holiday definitely could impact Giannis's decision. But, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think it's really going to matter that much. You know, like you said, Giannis is a great player. And I think it's going to come down to how much does Giannis think he deserves to get paid. And if the Bucks don't want to give him that, then he's going to leave and go somewhere else. But if the Bucks are willing to give him what he wants to get paid and Giannis is willing to stay, then, yeah, you know, I think Holiday and Giannis might be a good duo together. And, you know, the Bucks have been a great team in the past, and I think Drew Holiday will definitely – help the Bucks, and even if Giannis does, does decide to leave, you know, the Bucks did a good job of bringing in a good player there to not replace Giannis, but, you know, fill in that gap a little bit, you know, Drew Holiday's no Giannis, but, yeah, I think that this, this could be a good duo together, or it could be a little fill in the gap for the Bucks there if Giannis does decide to leave. Yeah, I think with this trade, the Bucks are kind of going all in this year, because they're giving up Eric Bledsoe, who was a good fit on that team, great defensive point guard. George Hill, a uh, great backup point guard. He led the league in the three-point percentage um, for a few months last year. But trading three first-round picks in two pick swaps, along with Bledsoe and Hill, just for Drew Holiday, that means that the Pelicans, um, they're getting a lot here. And looking at the Bucks, if they don't win it this year and Giannis leaves, they kind of made that trade for nothing because – Drew Holiday is a veteran player. He shouldn't really be part of any team's futures unless it is to win now. He shouldn't be part of young teams. But I think that the Bucks have more moves to make, and I think they're going to go all in this year to try to keep Giannis around in Milwaukee. Uh, moving on, free agency. Um, big news last night. I mean, it's not as big as uh, last year's free agency with KD, Kyrie, Kawhi, Kemba, uh, Clay Thompson, et cetera. But um, 2020 NBA Sixth Man of the Year of the Clippers, Montrez Harrell, is now staying in the same city of Los Angeles and heading to the Lakers um, to complete a front court with Anthony Davis. Uh, Cam, your thoughts on Montrez Harrell going to the Lakers? Yeah, I mean, the Lakers, they're really selling out now, you know, with LeBron and AD and, and the other guys and bringing in Dennis Schroeder, you know. Lakers really going to have a stacked lineup there, um, but it's definitely going to be tight for playing time in L.A. now, that's for sure. But, you know, this is a good signing, and I think, you know, the Lakers are really trying to prove themselves as one of the best teams in the league this year as they won it last year. Who knows, you know, with all this talent now, they very well may could go back-to-back and win, win another championship this year, so they're – I think they're definitely going to be the favorite to win it again when this season officially starts and kicks off. I would have to agree. I think there's so many, so much good talent in L.A. with the Lakers, and they're just probably one of the best teams, like Cam said. They may go back-to-back. Um, we had a few other trades uh, that was not mentioned earlier. Al Horford was traded to Oklahoma uh, City Thunder. 
Stephen Adams mentioned to New Orleans. Seth Curry is getting traded to Philadelphia and Landry Shamed to Brooklyn. Uh, quickly, before we go in deep into free agency, uh, either two, uh, your two thoughts on these and who's good. Yeah, uh, one more topic before we move on to our big NFL discussions. Um, Gordon Hayward has opted out of his $34 million uh, player option with the Celtics. A bit surprising in my opinion because Hayward, when he signed back in 2017, he was looked at as an all-star player. He has shown that he is um, signs of his all-star form once again averaging about 17, 18 points as the fourth option on the Celtics, which is very impressive. But he wants out, and uh, I know the Pacers are rumored to um, try to go for Gordon Hayward, and um, the Celtics have been talking all offseason about getting Miles Turner, the Pacers' center. The Celtics have not had um, a good center in a while. I'm not saying Daniel Tice is horrible, but Miles Turner is on another level than Daniel Tice. So start with Brandon. Um, what are your thoughts on Gordon Hayward not wanting to return to Boston? And what does this mean? Maybe a sign and trade for Miles Turner? Uh, as a Celtics fan, sad to see Hayward leave. Uh, we also uh, saw Cantor and Poirier uh, leave as well in trades. But I think Hayward's big because uh, when he came back from the injury, he was able to help the Celtics team uh, kind of move closer to the NBA Finals. They unfortunately lost to Miami, but uh, I think losing Hayward is going to be big, and if the Celtics want to improve, getting Miles Turner would definitely be big. Cam, your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, personally, I do not think this was a smart decision for Hayward on salary because the Celtics were paying him a lot of money and I just don't think he's going to get that much money in with the Pacers if he ends up going the Pacers. You know, he had a high contract here and I think he's not worth as much as he thinks he is anymore. But for Hayward, um, his hometown's Indiana. If he goes to the Pacers, you know, that could be one of the reasons he wants to play for his hometown. You know, he's from Indianapolis. Uh, yeah, and if the Celtics can get Miles Turner, you know, like you said, Tice isn't a bad player, but, like, he's their really only big guy on the team. You know, he's, Miles Turner would help them to get another big guy and another good center there that can stay under the hoop and get those easy baskets right under the hoop. So, yeah, Miles Turner would definitely help the Celtics out. You know, as we see, Hayward hasn't really played much for the Celtics. He's been hurt most of the time he's been with us. So, I think if they're able to get Turner even – the room, it could be Oladipo or something like that. You know, that could be significantly impact the Celtics and help them out a lot. All right, we're gonna pause on our um, NBA thoughts and move on to the NFL. Just gonna give a quick uh, brief of the playoff picture. Uh, you can go on ESPN or anything. We know the Steelers still undefeated. Chiefs are eight and one. Bills top of the AFC East at seven three. Colts are the leaders in the AFC South at 6-3. and three. Here's a little surprise of teams that did not make playoffs. Uh, two teams did not make playoffs last year. Raiders and the Dolphins are uh, both tied 6-3, and three, and they are the fifth and sixth spots. The Ravens, with their loss to the Patriots on Sunday night last week, have dropped to seventh, and that is the AFC playoff picture. 
And eighth and ninth is the Browns and Titans, both at six and three. So to recap, teams four through nine all are six and three, and it's such a tight race in the AFC. Uh, in the NFC, it's a little bit tighter. Packers and Saints, top of the NFC East at seven and two. Seahawks have played one more game than both of these teams, and, um, and they are seven and three. Um, Eagles are three and five atop the NFC East, one of the worst divisions. And the, um, that um, uh, finishes the NFC East leaders. Um, Buccaneers, seven and three, are in fifth place. The Rams, six and three, are in sixth place. Cardinals, six and four, are in seventh place. So it is much tighter in the NFC East, NFC, than the AFC. And eighth and ninth, we have the Bears at five and five, Vikings at four and five. It's a tight race, and uh, with uh, less than half the uh, season to go, it's anyone's game. Uh, I want to let you know uh, some Pats uh, Texans preview just so you uh, can uh, think about this. If the Pats win, they'll be back to 500 since week four. Uh, the Texans are two and seven. Uh, they've only been Jacksonville. They're hoping for a comeback against the Pats. Uh, this will be the first time we see Cam Noon versus Deshaun Watson as Deshaun Watson was drafted a few years ago uh, of, from the Texans. And Cam has been on the Panthers since, uh, since uh, last year. Uh, if you remember a few months ago, we talked about Bill O'Brien getting fired. Romeo Cornell, the former Patriots coach, is now the interim head coach for the Texans. Um, J.C. Jackson has six interceptions on the year, five in the row. Last five games, he has one interception. Wonder if he'll get uh, six in a row. Um, and then lastly, we talked about D-Hop, DeAndre Hopkins uh, going to Arizona, and he made an incredible catch last week. If you've yet to see that, go, sh uh, go and check that out. Um, and the Texans' D, we cannot forget, is lead led by J.J. Watt. He only has four sacks this year, but 12, uh, two weeks ago, uh, he registered his 100th career sack in a game against the Browns. He is the fifth fastest player to 100 sacks. Congrats, man. And I'm going to uh, hand it off to Cam and Jason uh, for their thoughts on predictions. Yeah, going back to the playoff prediction, you know, you said the NFC is really tight, tighter than the AFC, but, you know, some people could disagree with that. There is five teams that are all actually no six teams that are all six and three in the AFC East in the AFC. There is there is so much room for there. All those teams are tied. You know there could be some flip flops going on there. You know we talked about the Dolphins being a bad team this year. They're actually pretty good. They have I'd say one of the top defenses in the league this year so far. You know they've had punt on touchdown block kicks. You no know, been standing up. Their defense is looking pretty good, you know. Like I said, the Colts, Colts are ahead of the Ravens right now. Ravens are the second wild card, last wild card team, but the the AFC is pretty tight, you know. I definitely think that Cleveland will fall down, and you know, possibly the Raiders could, but you know the Titans have definitely dropped off. But the AFC is definitely pretty tight, you know. There's six teams there with all all tied with the same exact record. And that's for the NFC, you know. We see the the power NFC West, 
has got three out of their four teams in the playoffs right now with the Rams, Cardinals, and Seahawks. It's a huge win for the Seahawks on Thursday night against the Cardinals. They really need to win that to get back get back to where they were. And with the Saints, they're 7-2 right now, but without Drew Brees and without Winston this week, we'll see, we'll see what they can do. But, yeah, I think right now the AFC is definitely tighter than the NFC with all those six and three teams there. And uh, we see the last wildcard team is the Cardinals right now in the West at six and four. Then right behind them is the Bears at five and five and the Vikings at four and five. So, you know, the NFC is tight within the playoffs, but the AFC is tighter within the playoffs. And, you know, the two spots out of the playoffs right now, if Jason, you have any thoughts on this. Yeah, um... I think the AFC is going to be a little more interesting to see it play out with, um, you know, all those teams being six and three, uh, seeds four through nine. I'm also looking at the Patriots maybe coming up, uh, placing maybe the Browns, Raiders, Titans, possibly, like you said, Cam. And NFC, they have three really good divisions this year, record wise. Um, or, yeah. Um, Obviously, the worst one would be the uh, NFC East. NFC South has been fine with the Saints and Bucks leading it there. Falcons and Panthers are doing okay, but not great. But two visions I'm looking at, NFC North, the Packers are atop there. And then the Bears, Vikings, and Lions are all like one or two games out of the playoff picture. And then, um, of course, the best division in football with the NFC West, Seahawks, uh, Rams and Cardinals all have playoff spots. 49ers are a little bit out of the playoff picture. But I think the AFC is going to be more interesting. But the NFC is going to be really interesting to see. You know, um, if the Seahawks fall one game down, the Cardinals and Rams could immediately drop, jump up to, like, number one or two because it would be the division leader. And um, it's going to affect teams, especially the Eagles are 3-5-1. and one. They're the four seed. Um, and – we have teams outside the playoffs that are better than them. So it will be interesting to see. And yeah, my past prediction this week is 26 to 21 Patriots. Now hand it off to Brandon. I'm going to go for uh, um, a little bit of a tighter game. 24-17 um, Patriots. I think the Texans, this game is in Houston. Uh, to just remind everyone. Uh, Texans, they've only won two games, but they're better than the record shows, just like the Patriots. These are two good teams that have talent. Uh, the Texans, they've lost uh, DeAndre Hopkins, which is big, but they still have Cooks. They still have Wolf Fuller, and unfortunately, David Johnson's out for them, but they still have the talent. So I'm going to go 24-17, and uh, I think uh, Tom Brady, I mean, sorry, Cam Newton is going to get back into his rhythm. Uh, he's had two weeks with no turnovers, and I think that trend continues. And not only will he have a rushing touchdown, he'll get a passing touchdown. Yeah, no, I had the Pats winning 27-18. to 18. No, This game is in Houston, but home field doesn't really matter as much anymore as there are no fans. Um, I think this will be a good, good tight game there, but I think the Patriots will pull away. Like you said, I think Cam Newton will have a good game. He's starting to bounce back and feel the rhythm after that. Big win against the Ravens there. Yeah, and I think the Pats are able to get back to 500 there and get to 5-5 five and five as I send it back to Brandon. Yeah, I have to agree. The Pats can definitely get back up to 500 with a 5-5 five and five record. 
think this is Cam Newton's game to prove himself that, um, you know, he can be the future quarterback of the Patriots if, um, you know, obviously without Tom Brady, Patriots still looking um, for a quarterback for the next um, decade or so. If Jared Stidham isn't the answer, they need Cam Newton here. And Cam Newton, this is his game to prove himself. And um, Patriots, nobody really thought that they would be here, but Cam Newton's playing some great football, some of the best in, say, the past two, three years after his MVP season. Wasn't really the same, but, yeah, I think big day for the Patriots, Cam Newton. Damian Harris has had some great games, and Julian Edelman could be coming off IR soon. Lots to look forward to uh, for Patriots-wise as Edelman's coming back soon. Uh, Sonny Michelle will hopefully be back soon. So lots of uh, things to look forward to as a Patriots fan. And but, Gilmore uh, is hopefully going to be back this week for the Patriots defense. So that will be huge for the Patriots if they can get that NFL defensive player of the year last year, Stephon Gilmore. Thanks for uh, the reminder, Cam. Yes, Stephon Gilmore uh, returned to practice yesterday. Uh, he will probably play a little bit, limited minutes this weekend, but uh, he'll be back to full strength. Uh, the Revolution, the other team that plays at Gillette, they won in dramatic fashion. 2-1 win over Montreal, 95th minute. Gustavo Bo scored the goal. It was uh, on second top play, uh, top 10. Uh, Sports Center, the number two play was Gustavo Bo's goal. Great way to start the playoffs and uh, head coaches for both teams, uh, legends. Bruce Arena, Thierry Henry, uh, it could have gone either way. Both teams had great uh, players, but it was the Rebs that just had the breakthrough at the end. Uh, don't want to go into too much details. Uh, if you want to learn more about this game, you can head over to revolutionsoccer.net, post a lot of stuff, or you can check out my channel, a uh, little plug, BPYT, where you can uh, watch all the Revs updates. And uh, I can't do a little plug without shouting out Jason. Check out his channel, subscribe to both of ours. His is JGYT. Uh, so there you have it. And uh, hope you're listening on Spotify, Instagram, or YouTube. And uh, that's going to do it for episode 13. Final words? See you later. All right. Awesome. We're out of here. Peace.